Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update. Today is Monday, April the 26th. My mission continues to be to serve the people of Cumberland North, to build unity and trust, to influence legislation and public policy for the greater good, to provide education and build capacity and promote our people and our area to build a world-class healthcare system and improve our population health. That is my purpose. That is my mission that I strive to achieve each and every day of the week. I have one question for you as I start my MLA update today, and that is, how are you? I wonder how everyone is feeling uh, in our communities. The pandemic, uh, as we all know, the number of cases here in Nova Scotia have increased quite dramatically over the past week. And when you turn on the news, it is all consuming. And I'm seeing a definite shift in the, the culture, the attitude, the, just the feeling uh, of everyone, F- increased anxiety, increased stress. So I just ask you, how are you doing? And what are you doing to take care of yourself, to make sure that you're coping in a healthy way, that you're taking care of yourself and taking care of your loved ones in as positive manner as you possibly can. And know that we will all get through this and we will be stronger on the other side of this pandemic. I'm very confident about that. But as we navigate our way through um, the rising number of cases and go into a modified lockdown, for lack of a better word, uh, we do need to ensure that our own physical and emotional and mental well-being is being cared for. So know that I am thinking of you, that I am doing all that I can as your provincial MLA to ensure that our needs are being met here in Cumberland, whether it's pushing for more vaccine supply on a regular basis, uh, reaching out to both the premier and executive branch of our Nova Scotia government, as well as reaching out to those in our neighboring province of New Brunswick, uh, working, trying to work collaboratively to ensure that our needs of the people here living in our border community are considered when rules and restrictions and decisions are being made. Uh, I will continue to do so and to continue to work on your behalf And I have lots of support. I have incredible staff. I've got an incredible husband and family and friends to support me. And I hope that you do as well. And during these challenging times, we do need to lean on one another. And we do need to um, have supports in place and ways of keeping ourselves healthy. So just know that 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 is on my heart this morning. I just wanted to start off my message with those few words. So although the pandemic news is taking up much of the oxygen in the room these days, there are so many other things happening in our community and we cannot let the pandemic be our only focus. So I want to start off by talking about a few other things today. And that is last week, the spring sitting of the legislature here in Nova Scotia finished with the passing of the provincial budget of approximately $12 billion. There is a projected deficit for the next two years, as well as a significant increase in the provincial debt. The debt is mainly attributed for capital expenditures and not operational expenses, but debt is debt. And the current cost of borrowing money, although it is the lowest we will ever see, uh, of course, the concern continues to be what will happen um, 
when the interest rates increase. About 10% of our budget right now is spent on interest payments of our provincial debt. So as part of the legislative branch of government that I'm in, it is our responsibility to analyze and ask questions of the provincial budget plan, as well as ask questions on behalf of the people, you, that I represent here in Cumberland North. The Premier, who is now Ian Rankin, as well as his executive council, who are the cabinet ministers, they are the ones responsible for the actual business plan for the province. And as a former businesswoman, I have to say I love analyzing the numbers and looking for more efficient ways of using your money. Yes, your money. You heard me right. Because every dollar that government spends uh, comes from you, the taxpayer. And then sometimes it comes from a lender like a bank when money is borrowed. But whether it's municipal government whose budget revenues come mainly from your property taxes or provincial government whose money comes from a wide range of sources such as your income tax, corporate tax, federal government transfer payments. And then, of course, we have the federal government who collects taxes through HST and other means of taxation as well. All the government's money comes from the taxpayer. So every time you hear about the government, you know, spending money on shiny new ideas for how to spend your money, you have the right to ask, how, is that the way I want my money to be spent? Of course, you know, whether you're managing your family's finances, a business finances, or a provincial government, the situations are always dynamic and always changing. And certainly during this pandemic, uh, that is the case. It's important to have flexibility in a budget, whether it's in your home budget or a government budget. Uh, it's always good to plan for a rainy day, have money saved for when and if there are challenging times and adapt as needed. And our government is no different. It's important to know exactly where money is spent and it's important to plan properly for the future and where is money going to come from. I just want to share with you a little story years ago. Oh my goodness. So I guess 40 plus years ago when I was a young uh, woman and a teenager, I worked on the farm and I was paid. I was paid very well, paid the same as the man that I worked beside and I would have expected no less from the man that raised me. They always told me that he expected me to document every penny where I spent my money so that if he ever asked, I needed to be able to show him exactly where I was spending my money. And it was great training, really, for life. So I had a spiral notebook. I kept every receipt and I kept a monthly tally of my monthly expenditures. So money management is one of those fundamental foundational items that we all need to do, whether it's personal, business, or government. And when it is done well and wisely, it provides a solid foundation. And that foundation affects our future. It is imperative, I believe, that we are financially responsible for the future, for our children, and for our grand grandchildren. And I know it sounds cliche, but it is, it is the truth. Our decisions today affect their future. Government spending often reflects the philosophy of the party that is in power. And I believe we have never seen that more clear than, than what we are seeing now, both provincially as well as federally. And I bring up the federal government because um, I, I do watch our federal friends very closely, uh, even though I represent the provincial 
I, I represent you provincially. The federal government never tabled a budget, never uh, was transparent about their spending now for two years. And finally, last week, we, we did see them finally table a budget. And many of us were quite scared of what we were going to see when they did actually t- uh, table the budget um, as we were watching them hand out money like it was candy. Uh, now the federal budget has been tabled. We do see a massive deficit, um, which many people are very forgiving because of the pandemic. But just like at home, uh, whatever a government borrows, whether it's federal, provincial, municipal, they have to pay it back. They have to pay the money back to the lender. And the reality is it probably isn't going to be us that have to pay it back. It's probably going to be on the backs of our children. So I say all that because I believe we must spend wisely and I believe it is the only responsible thing for governments to do. So budgets were on my mind today. I I, uh, wanted to share um, that with you. Last week, I was also busy um, speaking with constituents and I traveled to Malagash to meet with some constituents uh, as well as I had several meetings in my office. Uh, Roads are on the minds of many people this time of year, especially uh, dirt roads, gravel roads. Many of them are a mess and I'm getting many calls and sharing the needs with our area manager for transportation. I know I've talked about this in the past, but I want to just provide an update today. Malagash and Wallace are part of my constituency. They are part of Cumberland County. But for some reason, about 10 years ago, they were the province decided to place them under the management of Colchester County. And uh, I have definitely noticed a, a definite um, difference in the way that that particular area of my constituency is managed for under the Department of Transportation. It, there's no question it is not getting the the attention that it should, and I've addressed this uh, many times with the provincial government, with the Minister of Transportation. I've actually formally requested for Malagash and Wallace to be placed back under the management of Cumberland County. I was denied. However, last week, uh, or rather two weeks ago, the Minister of Transportation did share with me that I will be receiving some, quote, good news on this issue very soon. So I'm anticipating that they maybe are following through on my request to place Malagash and Wallace back under the management of Cumberland, which I believe will be able to get uh, better service there. And it's, it's not, you know, no, I'm not bashing our friends next door in Colchester County. It's, it's really uh, likely not their fault, but they've been through three, uh, three area managers in less than four years. And I think that that's, and, you know, it's it's a challenge when management keeps changing. But unfortunately, the people that are losing out are the people that I represent in Malagash and Wallace. So working on some solutions there. Last week, I also heard from more people that continue to not have a family physician. I wanted to bring that up today as this continues to be a significant problem. And I just want you to know that I am making it a priority as your MLA. I do believe believe uh, wholeheartedly that if we were in government, my party, I know, I know that we could turn this around within months. Uh, It's very frustrating for me as a nurse, um, as someone who used to have a physician management company and recruited physicians to our area. It's very frustrating to see the worsening of this problem when I know firsthand that we can fix it. 
Uh, if you do not have a family doctor, I would encourage you to reach out. Let me know. I want to uh, just really have a strong uh, idea of how many people in our community are without. And you can email me at Elizabeth period Smith hyphen McCrossan at NovaScotia.ca. Moving to a pandemic update, uh, I mentioned earlier on that we've seen a drastic increase in positive COVID-19 cases here in Nova Scotia. And it's been mainly in the Halifax area. That's where the, the real uh, cluster is of cases. However, when you go on to the provincial website and you can click, uh, there's a map, an interactive map, and you can actually click on the different networks uh, throughout the province. There's actually COVID cases in every area of Nova Scotia, with the exception of Cumberland. It is really quite amazing how well we have done here in this area and prayerfully will continue. So last week in my MLA update, I reported that Nova Scotia had 49 cases of COVID-19. And as of this morning, as of Monday morning, we now have 263 active cases of COVID-19. There are new provincial COVID-19 changes to the health protection order uh, for rules and restrictions here in the province, the Premier and uh, Robert Strang, Dr. Robert Strang, did a press conference yesterday and reviewed some of those changes. So the changes are mainly to do with the gathering limit. So outside of Halifax area, the gathering limit has been reduced to 10 people. It was 10 people plus your own household, uh, whether indoors or outdoors. The gathering limit remains five in the Halifax Regional Municipality, as well as the entire communities of Hubbards, Milford, Lance, Elmsdale, Enfield, Mount Uniac, South Uniac, Ecomsecan, and Trafalgar. People are also asked to not travel outside of their local community unless it's for essential travel, such as work, school, childcare, medical, or legal appointments. So I've had, already had a lot of questions in my office uh, this morning, last night and this morning, asking how is a community defined? So Dr. Strang and, and the Premier did not clearly define what a community means. So it will be important for each person to use your own good judgment. So if you do need to travel for medical, work, school, childcare, or legal appointments, you can continue to do so. I think the bottom line is we all just need to use good judgment, really only travel if it's necessary, and if it is necessary to make sure that you're taking all the precautions to ensure that you do not acquire the virus, or if you were a carrier that you didn't were not able to transmit it to anyone else. Yesterday, I did a Facebook Live video trying to address some of the concerns that people had from Premier Blaine Higgs's announcement on Friday. He did a press conference announcing some of the changes to their mandatory health order in New Brunswick. And of course, it affects, again, many people living here, right here in our border communities. Hundreds of people, if not thousands, cross our borders every day. You've heard me discuss this every week. People crossing our borders for work, for school, for healthcare uh, and child custody reasons, and that will continue to be the case. The mandatory health order changes announced by Premier Higgs on Friday indicated that anyone crossing a New Brunswick provincial border for any reason, when they return home to New Brunswick, have to self-isolate. He also had indicated that that possibly their families would also have to self-isolate. So I received uh, many messages from people saying that they were actually considering 
no longer working outside of their province due to these restrictions. Now, when the mandatory health order came out in writing, it actually indicates that the family is not required to self-isolate. However, the individual that crosses the border is required to self-isolate and cannot have any contact with anyone. So this poses a challenge for many people, whether it's to get their groceries or other household items. So I, I realize that these are incredibly stressful times on people. And my message yesterday, and I will share it again today, is to implore anyone that comes into Cumberland County from New Brunswick, um, we need you. We need you to continue to work in our province. And all I can say is I'm so sorry that things have been so difficult for you, but we need you. Uh, please, we, uh, you know, I've been hearing reports that up to 40% of our workers at our regional hospital actually live in neighboring New Brunswick, uh, as well as hundreds of people in our manufacturing plants here in the Amherst Industrial Park. We are completely interconnected and interdependent, our border communities. And I certainly implore everyone to please continue to do your best to to work. We do need each other. and We will get through this together. If anyone has any specific requests or questions, please feel free to reach out to my office, 902-661-2288. New Brunswick, we are certainly seeing the numbers come down and stabilize in, in New Brunswick. On mon- as of Monday morning, there were 130 cases in New Brunswick with only four new cases reported on Sunday. So as I've said before, we are fighting a war, but it's so important that we don't uh, use all of our energy to fight against one another, but rather let's put all that energy into being wise and fighting the virus. Our war is really against COVID-19 and all of its variants. And how do we fight this war? Number one way of fighting a virus, a pandemic, is with vaccination. And I'm going to ask everyone listening to call your member of parliament, call the prime minister's office. We need vaccine. We need more vaccine and we need it now. The federal government need to make more efforts in getting adequate vaccine supply here in our province. Once it gets here, then we will work to ensure that everyone gets their fair supply. But we need that supply. It needs to be made more of a priority by our federal government and by the prime minister. So call today, email, call your member of parliament, the prime minister's office. Do not underestimate the power of your voice. When politicians such as myself start hearing from people on an issue, we know it's important. When you don't hear about an issue, often, sometimes falsely, but often assumptions are made that people are happy and people are fine about a certain topic. So if you're like me and you believe we need more vaccine, please, please put pressure on our federal federal government to do so. I still can't believe that we don't have enough vaccine supply here in this province, that our teachers are not vaccinated. It's really unbelievable. They are at high risk and exposed to hundreds of children every day. The children could be potentially carriers. And now that a number of schools in our province have positive cases, I would assume that our premier here will make a shift in the vaccine administration and make sure that teachers are made a priority. Anything less is not reasonable. My colleagues and I have called for high-risk individuals to be made a priority for the vaccine. 
unfortunately, our calls were ignored, but we will continue to call for this. As well, we have been calling uh, for months now for there to be uh, COVID-19 testing at airports. We've all seen the uh, significant uh, number of COVID-19 positive cases here in Nova Scotia over the last few months have all been attributed to people who have traveled from out of province. So why are we not testing? Why are we not testing at our airport? You know, here in our border community, we continue to see tight, tight border restrictions. Now that our, our COVID numbers are increasing, many people are happy with those and want to see uh, lockdown. But, you know, up until recently, when our numbers have increased here in Nova Scotia, the COVID-19 was not coming through here. Most of those cases were coming from people that traveled from outside of Atlantic Canada, not from people that are crossing from Sackville to Amherst on a daily basis for work or for personal needs. So we will continue to push for COVID testing at our international airports. If anyone needs help booking a vaccine, I just want to remind everyone, we do have a volunteer center uh, right across from the Royal Bank downtown Amherst. Don McLean has provided a building for us free of charge, and we have volunteers there Monday through Friday from 2 to 4 that can help you to book your COVID-19 vaccine. Please drop in Friday, uh, Monday to Friday, 2 to 4. I want to extend birthday greetings to anyone who is celebrating a birthday this week. Uh, or an anniversary as well. I'd also like to extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one recently. And I'd like to mention the friends and families of Marilyn Grace Lorette, Donna Jean Bizanson, as well as Gary Lester Bickerton. Please accept my sympathies at this time. As I finish off our MLA update today, I want to do a special call out to a young man, Ben Bacon, who helped to organize the Border Classic Beef Show and Sale that happened this past Saturday. And Ben and all of the board of directors for the Border Classic, I just want to say congratulations. It was a huge success. All of the COVID-19 protocol rules and restrictions were in place. Everyone was safe. And we had a very successful show and sale. Uh, Almost $6,000 was raised to give to local charities. And also, very importantly, uh, major support was shown to our local beef industry. So well done. Well done, Ben Bacon. Uh, I was also very encouraged to see the the support of the beef industry, the buyers uh, for Mr. Nick Mitchell and his family. Incredible. We have incredible people here on both sides of our border and in our communities. Take care of yourself and take care of others, everyone.